the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. March, March, March. Great month for men. Great month for men who lie. All right? This is perhaps the greatest month of all for men to lie. They're going to lie their ass out of work on the 16th and 17th once the 16 games per get underway for the NCAA. Tournament. I think some will find their way out of the office, perhaps as early as next Wednesday. Okay, maybe you'll head over there Tuesday for Military Appreciation Day over at Sawgrass. What a phenomenal event. Uh, the players, as always, and I think everyone involved in our city when it comes to sports, uh, certainly the Jaguars, do a wonderful job representing former and current uh, and those who are past. Uh, as far as the military, maybe some folks even getting out today, you know, just to get to a bar somewhere, or get in front of the TV and, and watch these 20, 21 year olds run, watch them bench press. Uh, of course, if you're not Irish, you all lie on the 17th, right? I mean, isn't that, come on, let's get, just come right out and admit it. How many of you people before have actually, well, you know, my great grandfather's mother, her name was O'Brady and Things like that. I don't know what it is. It's it's something about it. And trust me, where I'm from, it's big. It's huge. I know around here it's a little lacking. You know, if there's one thing that Jacksonville could use a little bit of improvement uh, with, it would be Irish bars. You know, good, true, hole in the wall, your feet stick to the floor, Irish bars. Um, just lacking. It's really the only negative thing you'll ever hear me say about Jacksonville because I want to tell you, everything else around here is perfect, right? High 80s today. I noticed that people were merging from 9A, 9B, 295 today, even though there was construction on Phillips, construction on racetrack, construction here on Southside. Um, No complaints. They're making it bigger. Everyone wants to move here. People like me from New England. Move down to Florida. People like California. All these people, all these different, I won't say political parties. I won't say it. You know, they all leave these places where you know which way they want to vote, and they come here and vote that way. But, hey, just keep on opening doors for them right here in our great state of Florida. All right, so much to do today. Are you kidding me? This is such a perfect time of year. I love March. I love the combine. This is unusual. I mean, last couple of years, it's been top pick, right? Last couple of years, we've spent weeks, if not months. Which direction are the Jaguars going? Well, two years ago, we all knew it was Trevor. Okay, even Urban Meyer knew it was Trevor. All right, last year, it was Hutch, right? It was Hutch, it was Walker, it was no. You know, get Icky, get, uh, get Evan Neal, get, get the best offensive lineman. That's what I subscribed to. I said, you got your quarterback. Go get the best offensive lineman that you possibly can. Well, they didn't go in that direction. Now, all of a sudden, a year later, I think a major decision made today. It's not one of a surprise, but nonetheless, it did happen. All sorts of language out of Indianapolis. And it really began with the comments made by Trent Baalke over 48 hours ago. 
when he said it on Tuesday, but Evan Ingram, if they can't reach a deal by Tuesday, he will be slapped with the franchise tag. Some entities out there are saying that it's already gone through. I have received nothing officially from the Jacksonville Jaguars. We do know that Ingram will get $11,345,000. It'll be a one-year contract. He bet on himself. Here's a guy who came in with phenomenal promise, phenomenal potential, and talent. His issues, drops too many balls, and can't stay healthy. He defied those odds this year. And stability, leadership, stability, okay? Those are two huge words for this organization as they do move forward. And the nuances, the wrinkles, the material and and, and what you have that you can take with you from year to year is going to be so important in this growth, in this development of this offense. And Evan Ingram is a huge part of that. So it's not a surprise, but it certainly is newsworthy because as far as I'm concerned, it tells us a couple of things. The decision has been made that Evan Ingram is the most important man they have to bring back more important than Juwan Taylor. Are they going to be able to get a deal done with Taylor? That's literally right now 50-50. All right? I think there are people out there that believe they want to keep this continuity and camaraderie and chemistry and every other word that you can come up with. They love the C words, right? They do. That The, the C words are all about the offensive line. Give me one. Give me one over there, JJ. I, I got chemistry, camaraderie. Character. Character. Very good. Haircut looks better today, man. You had like a day to let it kind of bloom. It usually does that yeah. after I cut it. Makes maybe three, four days later, it looks kind of perfect. How does it feel to be engaged? It feels amazing. Yeah, I'm. I'm this sounds corny, but I'm like more in love with her than I've ever been. Oh my god! I really? Know. I mean, that is. I so, know that makes you seriously. Sick. No, I'm not being <laughs> a smartass. I am. I am absolutely. But I'm tickled I, I'm, over here. I'm not looking forward to the the process of finding a place or whatever. Like, she's always on the phone with her mom every night, and it's like, I just keep out of that. Well, as I said, March is a great month to lie. Come <laughs> up with something. Do whatever it takes. Now, when did you do this? I in the can. I was gone. Did you do it over the weekend? I did. I did it on Saturday at the beach. So this was your... All right, so you've had four or five days. Yeah, now. yeah. It's old news. Is it different if things change? Bathroom habits? I don't know. Nothing. All right. Nothing's changed. We've lived together for like a year, so it's... I'm going to check in with you on that every once Good. in a while. Because I'm going to be interested on how, on how that whole... I don't know what I'm more concerned about, the Jaguars offense and their development, <laughs> or you going from engagement to marriage, how that all evolves. <laughs> I'm worried myself. Yeah. Hey, man, you love her more today than you did yesterday. I, did. Uh, you know, I do. I think I can count for maybe 1% of our listening audience that's actually saying that about their significant <laughs> other right now as they're driving home. If you have not heard, the incomparable J.J. LaSalva uh, is going to get married. Well, my birthday is Saturday, so that will be the true test of what she gives, like, I didn't know that. I'm expecting the presence to be extra spectacular this year. So, how old? 33. Jesus's year. My God, man, yes. you're expected to make mistakes at 32. I mean, that's that's part of the. I mean, he. You know, we're talking I about. I made plenty this year. Jalen Carter, the mistakes he made at 21. Jalen Carter, oh, by the way, reported back to Indy after going to court. Are you surprised by that? Uh, not only am I surprised, I 
believe he deserves a lot of credit. It would have been very easy for him to, hey, I couldn't make a flight back, or you know, this distraction happened, this got delayed in court. That's you know, what I would have said. I've been having a lot of success in the tank. I've been winning a bunch of smokes. I don't feel like I want to get out right now. Can I stay one more I'm day? I'm winning in spades. Yeah, I got bottom bunk. <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, I, the guy in the top bunk doesn't even snow. I, who knows? There's so many different ways he could have gone. But, uh, yeah, I, I think the fact that he went back out and, and finished his, his interviews and, you know, I, I haven't seen anything with him today as far as any on-the-field work with – Obviously, the defensive line being all over the place. And I'll check this, both edge and defensive linemen uh, getting after it. I'm going to keep you updated here over the next couple of hours. We're also in about 40 minutes going to check in uh, with our buddy John Osher, who typically joins us on Wednesday night, but we uh, pushed him back tonight until a Thursday because we wanted to get uh, the very latest from him after day one during these workouts. The combine's been going on since Tuesday, but today's day one of on-field work. And that'll continue tomorrow and go throughout the weekend, both Saturday and Sunday. But with the Jaguars now, you know, they sit somewhere in the neighborhood of around $16 million underneath the salary cap, which is, you know, nearly $225 million. We did learn earlier this week that Again, the salary cap is basically in name only. If you are creative, if you are intelligent, you could find ways to beat the cap. And that is exactly what Trent Baalke has done. I don't like to be one of those who goes back in the time and reflects on mistakes. But in this case, I'm going to do it. I understand that Baalke was like, the number one man to attack around here for a significant period of time. And I was absolutely among them, okay? I I thought the organization was basically half pregnant. If you're going to blow up the whole thing, blow up the GM. Well, Shad Khan elected not to. And right now, it looks like Shad Khan was right. And right now, it looks like Trent Baalke was right. But for those who have questioned his decision-making, his free agency, his draft. That's one thing. Others have come in and said, hey, Baloo, what's Bulky doing? He does not handle the salary cap. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute here. I mean, it's a, it's a 12-pack argument if we're going to talk about his first couple of free agency classes and his first couple of draft classes. But if you're making the comment that he does not know how to handle the salary cap, you are wrong. You are 100% wrong. And it's not even close. And you just look at the deals that he's done. I mean, whether it's Bethard or Hasty and some of the bigger deals, Loicon, certainly the Roy Robertson-Harris uh, three-year extension, the way that he's able to use voidable years if he wants, taking roster bonuses, taking salaries over years and creating them into um, signing bonuses, which you do have the ability to spread out over five years. It's a, it's a tool that can catch you down the road. But for this team and for what is going on right now, I think it's best case scenario because Trent Bulky and Doug Peterson are showing you and telling you, the Jaguar fan, they're going to do whatever it takes to try to win this year. 
Back to today's news. Again, it's been reported a couple of different places that it either has happened or will happen with Evan Ingram. The way that the language does read, you only have until Tuesday to put a tag on a player. So that's all 32 teams. And, you know, Tuesday is the deadline to put a franchise tag or a transition tag on any one of these players. And then next week on the 15th, when the league officially begins its year, you have to be under the salary cap, which is $224.8 million. So if they don't get a long-term deal done with Ingram on March 15th, he's going to count $11,345,000. Now, just to remind you, Jacksonville on the 15th could have him in for that figure, but they could shred that and sign him to a long-term deal. The important date there becomes July 15th. You only have those four months, okay? You have um, March, April, May, June until July 15th to get a long-term deal done with a player uh, that you have tagged. If not, um, you know, that process will, in fact, uh, pass by until I believe the regular season does officially Get on. It's either regular season or it's the first preseason game. I'll, I'll look back on that to see if that has changed. But I know July 15th is a very important day. All right, the other point I was making, um, and I agree with this, okay? Usually I would not say tight end over tackle. The position doesn't add, right? Quarterback, then what's two? What's the second most important position right now in the NFL, JJ? Pass rush. Okay. I think a lot of people out there would agree they'd say an edge. I think others would say, uh-uh, give me a guy in the island as a cover corner. I think others would say, give me the best left tackle. Nowadays, it might even be like number one receiver. Yeah, who knows? Where's right tackle? Well, I'll tell you this. Right tackle ranks ahead of a tight end unless, let's say, you're a Kelsey. Okay, and, you know, there's, there's others out there that, uh, that I could put out there. But on this team, I think it's more important to get the deal done with Evan Ingram. I wouldn't have re-signed Cam Robinson. They did. I would have drafted the highest-ranked offensive tackle last year at number one. They did not. I would not pay Juwan Taylor the going rate of $18-plus I'm not doing it. I think he's been very average. I think he performed better during a contract year. It's not personal, it's business. I think they can get better on the offensive line, okay? Cam's coming back from an injury. You have year three of a four-year rookie deal for Walker Little. That's where I would go. I'm not making a decision here, but obviously I am going to have an opinion. As always, we will give you that opportunity uh, to voice it at 641-1010 on the text line which is brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. All right, we got a ton to do tonight. I'm going to turn this around a little bit, get to the defense in just a couple of minutes because they're working right now, and they continue to do so on the defensive line. Uh, But if you want to get things started, uh, your input on what appears to be a decision that is happening or has happened, that is Evan Ingram to remain. Juwan Taylor, right now, it's looking more and more like he could pursue – uh, free agency, and that there will be plenty of offers out there. How do you feel about that? Six four one ten ten. Again, best way to get us. That is on the text line brought to you by 
lifetime enclosures. All right, we're going to be busy tonight over the next couple of hours. We're all going to celebrate the David Pasternak contract extension in Boston. That's $90 million over eight. Who? Is Pasternak, is he a safety? Who, who's Pasternak? Is he a deep sound? I know you people don't know who he is, but this little Boston boy is all, all fired up. We got a big fight coming up Saturday night, the return of Bones. Where have you gone, Bones? You ever see what you, – you too old to uh, – too young remember Star Trek, the original Star Trek? I've seen re- – Reruns of it, but no, I was not a Star Trek guy. When William Shatner would would look at the dock and he'd go, Bones, Bones. Was that his nickname? It was, was, absolutely. It was Spock, and uh, I can't even forget what the dock's name was. But Shatner would look at him and go, Bones, you got to get me down there. There's this available alien woman who needs my- Dr. Leonard McCoy. No, that's, that's Spock. Oh. Bones is the doctor. But only Shatner- could could say it that way, but Chandler Jones's brother, John Jones, fighting Saturday night in Las Vegas, first time in a couple of years. So uh, we're going to get into that today, uh, no doubt about it. The very latest coming out of the combine, our good friend John Osher is standing by. So we got plenty to do over the next couple of hours. All right, opening comments tonight and each and every night brought to you by Schmunez Vision. Cataracts, all right? A lot of misinformation there. A lot of misinformation when it comes to your eyes, period. I mean, people don't get this, but in a lot of circles, eye care is a racket. It is. People are going to charge you top dollar for what they consider the best possible way to do something important for your eyes. The most expensive way isn't always the best way. And cataract is a major situation. If you're north of 50, chances are you have cataracts. You probably think you need cataract surgery. Wrong. That's not always the case. Let me start by telling you this. Make an appointment with Schmunez Vision. 299-2906. They'll tell you exactly what is in store for your eyes. Simple maintenance updates on your contacts or glasses. Yeah. But what about laser eye surgery? What about never having to deal with that again? You may be a candidate. Sadly, I'm not. I wish I was, because can you imagine spending the rest of your days never having to worry about finding the readers or taking out the contacts or doing any things along those lines? There's a family organization out at the beach, both Dr. Neil Schmunez and Dr. Catherine Schmunez. That's more than 30 years of laser eye surgery. I swear by them. And I tell you what, they are absolutely outstanding. If you believe me, good. Call them, 299-2906. Or visit ShmunezVision.com. Care you can see. JJ, are we on YouTube tonight? I got all As dressed up for always. tonight's show. Yes, yes, yes. We are on YouTube. I see that. All you got to do is go to Tencent XL's YouTube page. We're the first video you see. Leave us a comment. Share us with your friends. Give us a like. We got a lot to do. It's great to have you with us. He is JJ. My name is Rick Blue. This is the home of the Jaguars and Into the Night. Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. 
Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. This is all we had, kids. It was the only thing that was on. I mean, you did this or you did a puzzle. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or you had to do something because if not, your mom might try to get you to help her, you know, around the house. Uh, but George Decay, remember him, Mr. Sulu? You know who drove the... We all know who drove the boat, right? In Jaws? Uh, the actor? Hooper, right? Hooper drives the boat, Chief, right? Isn't that what Robert Shaw said? Richard Dreyfus was driving it to um, uh, to Chief Brody. Well, George Decay drove, drove the spaceship. He was number one. I mean... Kirk got the glory cut. He sat in the cool chair, but he didn't drive the thing. Kirk was like a guy we work with. He didn't do any of the work. He just got all the glory. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't do any of the digging. Others spent all day chopping and pounding that tree. Then all of a sudden, it was time for it to fall, and you hand the golden axe to William Shatner. Um, you had, uh, who's the sexy lieutenant lady? She worked like in the corner office. She was always on her feet. I mean, you talk about how things have changed and gender equity. They couldn't even provide a seat for her, okay? She had to stand. They went like billions and billions and billions of miles, and she stood uh, the entire time, the, the entire five-year uh, transformation. Uhura? Yes. She may have been my first crush. It was either her or the two girls from Gilgan's Island. I, I don't mm. know what, which it was, so. There you go. Everyone can't wait to uh, tell me how wrong I was by not knowing the difference between Leonard McCoy and Dr. Bones. Uh, McCoy, he's a guy who said, oh, uh, you know, I had it wrong. He says, and then at 39.3, he says, I'm busting your chops. I, I caddied for you at TPC years ago. I got a caddy on here just destroying me. Okay. Well, hey, listen, was I a good tipper? I tried to tip well. Or and you Matt Kuchar. <laughs> poor, poor Matt Kuchar, man. That guy's not going to... I mean, hey, listen. Being labeled something is, is one of the worst things that, that can happen to you. I mean, look what happened today. Jerry Richardson died. 86. What's the first thing that comes to mind? Uh, how, Racial, yeah, sexual exactly. hostility in the building in Carolina. Okay, he had both. He doubled down. He had it racially, and he had it sexually. I got to imagine throughout the course of his life, this guy did a lot of wonderful things. He also apparently headed up a major portion of himself and others being complete total scumbags. But that's like the first, that's in sentence number two after 86 years on this planet. Okay? Allegations of sexual, racial workplace misconduct. I'd have to look back on it. I don't know how deep uh, it actually did go. I, I honestly have forgotten. It cost him his job. I mean, it cost him the ownership job uh, with Carolina. All right. Uh, we're going to get to some uh, thank you to the caddy, 1393. I'd love to come out and play again. I'll double the tip if you invite me. Uh, I actually played out there a few weeks ago. It's an just incredible. I know you're looking trip. for somewhere to play this weekend. Justin. Yeah, you know, I had my golf game canceled for Saturday, and I guess it's my fault. I had food poisoning. I was on 
I was literally on death's door in Costa Rica, third world country. They have no medicine over there. None. <laughs> oh, you want to know something else? Not a Tylenol to be found. People are sneaking over all sorts of different drugs and paraphernalia. I'm not allowed to bring over distilled water yeah. because you can't get that through customs. Okay. We have this guy who picks us up from the airport. It's from Frank the Tanks uh, limo service or whatever they call it. We stop at four different pharmacies to try to get distilled water. No distilled water. Okay. So, oh, because you need some for your, uh, your device. Here's, here's my choices. Do I bring my golf clubs and leave the CPAP home? Okay. <laughs> So if I die in Costa Rica because I did not take care of sleep apnea, but I brought my golf clubs, who's going to end up being the big loser? So what I do is I haul the snorkel. You know, I haul the, the sleep apnea machine. Is it that big? It's, it's, it's not old school. Like, the first time I ever saw it, it was, and I, I think I told you this, I shared a room with David Lamb yes. in 1999 in New Orleans when Florida State beat Virginia Tech for a national title. And that was like a Darth Vader gas mask. I mean, I when he put that thing on. It covered his whole face. It was about as scared as I ever. I, I think since I read or actually saw Charles Manson and Helter Skelter, it was maybe the scaredest I've ever been. Hey, you see Lisa Kasabian died yesterday? Well, yeah, you told me that. She was the lookout girl night two of the Manson murders. And she was supposed to take part in it. She remained in the car, and then they gave her full immunity. She ratted out Charlie and the entire family. Changed her name. I think she went to, like, Washington State or Arizona or something like that. But, yeah, Lin- she was, Linda Kasabian. Um, would I say Lisa? Yes. Linda Kasabian. Was she so in— Imagine my embarrassment. In, uh, I recently saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood where they sort of depict the Manson family— Mm-hmm. In a very fictional way. I wonder if that was the girl that like went back to the car and drove away. If that yes. was who she was supposed to be. Yes, I, I think that would be based on okay. a true story. I, I don't yes. in the yes. actual true story she she remained. Okay. But she ratted everyone out. Snitch. Um Yeah, it's one thing to snitch on the raw uh, on the mob. It's another thing to s- snitch on Manson. Right? You just you don't snitch on Charlie. But anyway, so I'm overseas, and I'm like, I just want some distilled water, okay? I haul, I haul the entire thing with me, <laughs> goes through customs. I got dogs sniffing it. I got people, you know, frisking me, saying, what do you have in here? What is this device? And, I'll, and I'm like, I can't even get distilled water over there. So anyway, I forgot where I was going. Um, yeah, like golf, it was your fault. Oh, yeah, you yeah, didn't yeah, schedule yeah, a yeah, golf yeah, outing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> All of a sudden, it's it's today, and I'm like checking in. I'm like, hey, you're like, yeah, we on for time. I'm like, yeah, we're on. I'm like, did you make the tea time? No, I thought you made the tea time. No, I thought you made the no, you made the tea. So all of a sudden, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I'm finally 100 percent again, or almost 100 percent. You know, I don't, I don't and now mean, you don't have anything to do. I don't. I have nothing to do on Saturday. I got, I got literally. Not, I don't even have a place to play golf on. I just heard from a caddy from the from TPC, and I don't even have a place to play golf coming up this Saturday. I mean, it's like. Yeah, let's talk about the glory cut guy. This is your own hell. Yeah, it's like all of a sudden I'm being made into a glory cut guy because I didn't pick up the phone and make a tea time from Costa Rica where these three knuckleheads hang here in town day after day after day doing very, very, very little. Only one of them works. In full health. Right. 
So there's that. Um, John Osher in five minutes. I have a question that I think is very important for Jaguar fans. And I'm going to try to be delicate with the way that I say this because it, it really is confusing if you let it sink, okay? To you and to me, it's simple. To every one of you driving home, it's simple. It's not to Trent Bulky. It's not to Doug Peterson. And it comes to the 24th overall selection in the first round. Today, the defensive line is working out at the Combine in Indianapolis. There's all sorts of talk that Jacksonville could go defensive line. On the surface, I look at it and I scream. I scream no. How can you go back to the well? You went with Taven Bryan and failed. You went with Caleb on chase on and you failed. Now, I understand that position-wise, you can argue that. And you could say, well, Blue, they're really outside linebackers or Blue, they're really big ends that should have been inside. I understand there's room for an argument here. But every one of these players, Brian, Chason, Josh Allen, and Trayvon Walker, a huge part of getting them in the first round was for what? Rush the passer. It hasn't happened. So if you look at a guy like Nolan Smith, who today ran a 4-4-4 at 6'2", 238 pounds, and I'm looking at my email, or I'm looking at my uh, Twitter feed, I'm, I'm looking at the text line, I got people saying, hey, Baloo, what do you think about Nolan Smith? Hey, Baloo, what do you think about um, whoever else it is that could be available at the edge position for Jacksonville? That's the question. Can you go back? Can you go back and draft that position again? Okay, they've done it. What four out of the last five drafts, or four out of the last six drafts? Can they can they go back and do that again? So, to you and I, the way that our brain is wired, we're we're saying no, don't do it again. Yeah, that's not the way that Trent Bulky's thinking. Trent Bulky's thinking, Taven Bryan. I was in San Francisco when Taven brought Caleb on chase on. I never would have picked Caleb on Josh Allen, we don't know what we're going to do with this man. Are, are we going to sign him long-term? Are we going to move him? Are we going to let him go? What's going to happen? Trayvon Walker, okay. Now, that's 100% on this regime. And I think they feel that he's going to turn the corner and end up being, you know, a good fit for this franchise. But as of yet, we haven't seen anywhere near, you know, his full growth. You understand what I'm trying to say? So for us, again, we're like, no, don't go anywhere near it. But to this brand new staff and brand new front office, do not be surprised if that's the direction they end up going. So if you want to comment on that, you can. 641-1010 on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Also, same thing now with the um, unofficial announcement that Ingram is going to be franchise tagged. The decision to go with him over Juwan Taylor. Uh, you can give us your thoughts on both of those two issues. Again, 641-1010, best way to get us. That is brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. All right, coming up next, let's go live to Indianapolis. We'll talk to John Osher. He is from Jaguars.com and their senior writer. Now. 
Another interview on the Farrah and Farrah phone line. Brought to you by the accident attorneys at Farrah and Farrah. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Our lovely Indianapolis is where we go. It's always a pleasure to bring in our friend John Osher, senior writer, Jaguars.com. Johnny O, how are you? Rick, I'm a, I'm a little disoriented. It's not Wednesday. I know. I, I know really, what's going on. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I wanted to give you that one extra day to really evaluate uh, the first 20 yards compared to the last sure. 20 yards for these defensive linemen. Well, I, I, I'll be up front. I, I, I don't uh, – I think people who read me over the years kind of know it. I don't spend a whole lot of time at the Combine uh, studying the running, you know, the players as much as I concentrate on, like, you know, what Doug Peterson said, what people are, are, are saying about the Jaguars, um, because I feel like that's what we can sort of do well. You've been up here before. It's kind of hard to uh, uh, differentiate in a day uh, what a player did on the field. Uh, I try to decompress a little bit next week and analyze what went on as a whole. So right. I'll do the best I can, but I can probably speak more to Doug and, and and Trent than anything else. Yeah, there's no question. I, it's a great week for listening, and it, truly, I, I say this and people laugh, but I mean, just being in the, you know, being in the media lounge, and yeah. just listening to the stuff that is being tossed around by all 32 teams. I, uh, it's amazing. Stomach, you know. And then, and then the, the drinks will flow, and depending huh. on who it is, perhaps more will even come out. I just have to believe this year, though, John. When looking at the Jacksonville Jaguars, man, literally night and day from a year ago. Well, it's, it, and I asked Doug this, uh, not on the podium, but off to the side, when uh, uh, John Shipley and uh, Demetrius Harvey and I were talking to him after he got off the podium. And, and I really hadn't asked him it before, but I said, it, you know, how much further ahead, where do you feel like you stand uh, compared to where you thought you would be? And he said, you know, uh, probably ahead. And I don't think he really meant as much how they fared in the second half of the season, although I think anybody would tell you it's probably a little bit ahead of where most people thought they would be. I, I think Doug thought they could get to about 9-8 and eight, uh, and have a shot at it, a different path to that than I think he hoped. But, you know, I think he really thinks they're ahead in terms of these free agents who came in uh, – who may have seemed like short-term fixes last year, if you will, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, a lot of the guys. I don't know if he thought that they would feel like core pieces this quickly. Evan Ingram all of a sudden feels like a core piece rather than let's see what he is. So I think he feels like they're further ahead in terms of the long-term build than maybe he thought they would be. And I hope I said that right, but I think he feels like the foundation, the culture, all that really came around pretty quickly. Um, now, I think outside of that, I think the league looks at it and thinks, boy, they're further ahead on the field than maybe we thought they would be this quickly. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Uh, there's no question. And then with that, you look at Trent Bulky. He had a lot of interesting things to say, uh, primarily, you know, retaining his own players. When's the last time we've heard that? Uh, with this organization on a, on a consistent basis. And then, you know, around the league, this, this is now a place where players want to come play. Yeah. And that's really the thing. I, I don't think it surprised me the tone of this week. Uh, I would 
say that it sort of solidified the direction that you felt like the franchise wanted to be. Um, Trent Falky right for the season it had talked about a a a quieter or a different Jaguars off season than than the team's experience in a while. And I think after two months from that basically or a month and a half or so since he spoke last, you know, it feels that way. All the restructuring, all the all the uh the focus on draft and development on, on retaining Ingram on hopefully retaining Jawan Taylor. I think they'd like to get Arden Key back. I think they'd like, they'd like to get other guys back. I think it just sort of solidified his comments, sort of solidified what we thought the Jaguars offseason was going to be, which is very much this is what winning is, Rick. I mean, it, it, when you win and when you have core players, you want to retain them. And there's not going to be the free agent noise. I don't think there's going to be a lot of splashes in first tier free agency from other players. I think fans need to sort of get their heads around that, that just because they're not going out and re-signing the top guy doesn't mean they're not trying to get better. It's just that's not going to be an avenue where you do it anymore. Mm -hmm. Or very, you have to do it very judiciously, which they haven't had the luxury of doing that the last two off-seasons. They've had to behave and sign guys from other teams. It's really not a path as successful as they were at it. It's not a path that you want to be uh, taking every year. John Osher, live from Indianapolis. Uh, get everything from John and his staff. Just go to jaguars.com. Of course, John is the senior writer. All right, what, what's your understanding? What, what do you believe is going to happen here with Juwan Taylor? Well, I think they want very much to re-sign him. I think they're going to try very hard to re-sign him. Uh, and Trent kept using the word uh, Tuesday, the phrase uh, win-win. He, you know, they want to find some place where Jawan can be happy coming back uh, at at a fair value to him. At the same time, the, the reality is uh, Walker Little played well. They have Cam Robinson under contract, um, and there has to be a limit of how far you go for for a guy. Frankly, there almost has to be a limit right now in this roster of anybody who's not named Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, there has to be a number that you won't go past. And I don't really know what that number is, but I know they love Juwan. They want him back. I think they'd like for him to be the core for a long time. I think in their ideal, Juwan Taylor would be here for three or four more years. Uh, maybe after that, be, meaning that's usually how long creatives uh, who aren't quarterbacks are with teams once they resign. That would put Juwan as a seven or eight year guy. It's a long time in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So I think that would be what they'd like. I don't know if that would look like having Cam Robinson here for a long time opposite him. Would that look like Walker Little eventually moving over next year once Cam's guaranteed money's out? Uh, those situations are always so fluid that I hate to predict that after this year. But I, I just don't know if the money will work out to make that happen. Uh as much as both sides want it. And uh, you can say, well, if Juwan wants to be here so bad, then he should take whatever the Jaguars offer. It doesn't work that way. No. But, you know, I think the Jaguars would love to have him back, but there also has to be a point of at what cost. Yeah. And I, mm-hmm. I like Juwan. I, I, I really hope he's here because a Florida kid up the coast 
I think he would like to be here because his family can drive up, all that stuff. But at some point, it's about uh, setting up generational wealth. Yeah. And uh, that's a strong attraction. No question about it. All right, John, last one for you. And I, you know, I, I find myself, again, trying to separate what I think the fans feel and what the organization is, is trying to do. Today, you got edge guys. And, you know, Taven Bryan, Josh Allen, Caleb on Chase on, Trayvon Walker. I thought you were going to ask me if Jalen was coming back. Right? I, <laughs> I don't think so. Because, because when you started with the fan stuff. Yeah. Uh, so for the record, I don't see that. But for, yeah. for various reasons. We, we can talk about that moving forward. Yeah, but, you know, the, you look at all these drafts, and even though they're not pure edge pass rush guys because, you know, they some moved inside, others are outside linebackers yet. I'm starting to get names coming in saying, are they going to go back to the edge? So my case, my point is that the fans think, again, you're going another pass rusher again. Well, I don't believe that that is the way that Trent Bulky and Doug Peterson think because bulky has been here two years and Peterson won. Uh, I hope you understand what I'm trying to say, how that comes into what they're going to do with the 24th pick. Yeah, I think it, if they were sitting there at 24 and honestly thought, wow, Here's a pass rusher that can that can really help us. Here's a difference making guy. I think Trent Balky believes in big guys enough and pass rush is important enough that it wouldn't surprise me if they thought that that guy was the best guy on the board. I don't think they'd hesitate to do it. Um, realistically, at, at 24, is a guy going to be sitting there like that that they feel that way about? Is the question. I'm inclined to believe more that um, I think when it shakes out, I kind of think that tight end in the first round and cornerback in the second round uh, makes sense. And that's only theoretical, Rick, based on what I hear about the, about the cornerback class. Mm-hmm. It sounds like uh, cornerback goes very deep. And I think, they, I think they really need a cornerback. And, and they might even bring two in that are in the top three or four next year one through second-tier free agency, and uh, maybe one in the draft. I think, I think they feel like they have to get better in coverage. And it feels like, even though they re- – I don't think Ingram tagging takes tight end out of play at all early in the draft. I think uh, Doug Peterson's offense can certainly withstand having two strong tight ends in the passing game. Uh, so it, it wouldn't surprise me to see Evan Ingram first-round tight end, Calvin Ridley, and really go after this thing and say, hey, let's have one of the top two or three offenses in the league. Uh, That, to me, feels like theoretically what could happen. But I do believe that with this draft, with this team, best available, if it's impact in first round, I'm not sure there's very much off the table. Jalen Ramsey to the Buffalo Bills. Can you think of a better place for Jalen than Buffalo? (laughs) Oh, did that happen? (laughs) No, 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 but it's been one of the many rumors. I mean, you got – I mean – I mean, is that talk number one there? I guess behind only what Aaron Rodgers. It's got to be. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I haven't looked at the Jalen stuff. I thought maybe it happened in the last hour. You know, I, I, I haven't taken the Jalen stuff very seriously because I just don't see an outlay of that kind of cash right now for this team. Frankly, with that player, I, I, it, it feels like a ship to sailed situation. You know. Everybody always accuses me in the ozone because every, every once in a while I'll poke fun at Jalen's back situation. Mm-hmm. You know, it would be fun to cover Jalen again. He was always entertaining. Oh yeah, he always under he always understood how to deal with the whole media thing. You know, he was must see viewing. 
it livens things up, and he's a great player. I'd love to cover him again. I just can't see it realistically happening. I think most agree with you. No doubt about it. John Osher, get everything from him. Just go to jaguars.com, and he, of course, is their senior writer. John, safe travels here back to Duval. Thank you. All right, Rick. Always enjoy it, buddy. There he goes, John Osher. Yeah, I read a report somewhere today that had uh, Jalen going to Buffalo. I was on the sideline in Buffalo when they booed him at the end of the game. That was the same game Fournette ran across the field, you know, got in that battle. He wasn't even in the game. That was a very winnable game for Jacksonville if they let get away. Um, you know, to and you look at all these young guys, you know, a, you could come here. A, I know the NFLPA had their report card yesterday, but I'm a huge quality of life guy. And – I chose to come back here in 06. I had places to go, opportunities to go a lot of different places. I wanted to come back to Florida. I really did. But can you imagine, and maybe for these guys, maybe, maybe the mentality is, listen, this is going to be a short-term, three, four, five-year deal, and then you know I can get out of there, so it's go to this particular place and make money. It's not where I'm going to spend the rest of my life. But to me, getting drafted by Buffalo, Green Bay, or Cleveland is like a prison sentence. It really would be. And I'm not saying that. Try to be smart. I'm be, can, and that, that applies. To, I mean, if you're, getting out of, if you're graduating from North Florida or Jacksonville University or whatever, and all of a sudden you have a job offer from Buffalo, who in their right mind wants to go work in Buffalo? Who in their right mind wants to go work in Green Bay? I would I'm I know the city's better but I mean I would say the same thing about any city that snows. Yeah. I'd put Boston, New York, Chicago. But there's a little light. There's I guess, life in those cities. For me, I'm not I got gotcha. you. I can't enjoy that. I got gotcha. And they have to live there during that time of year too. It's like I got gotcha. you. Worst. Like as a baseball player, I could because I'm only there during the summertime. But what are you going to do in Green Bay on a Saturday <laughs> night? That. Go Nothing. to Applebee's? I mean, seriously. Eat mushrooms with Aaron Rodgers. Um, Chicago, New York, Boston, you, you got... You, Everything you can do. You, you do. But, yeah, I mean, the three that I mentioned... I mean, Hellholes. Buffalo. Oh, my God. Green Bay and Cleveland. Those are the, th- the, the three worst. But, I mean, Indianapolis, Detroit, mm. Minneapolis, Detroit's a- Cincinnati... You're not talking about much better. I mean, you're really not. There's really a lot of, I love our country, but there's a lot of crappy places to live <laughs> in this country. Okay? You don't know how good you have it right here. And not only do you, so what if you got seven-foot rats in the building? You can you can overlook that. You have no state tax. And... And look at it outside right now. It's like 80-something degrees. And you don't think there's rats in Cleveland? <laughs> Come on. In those subways and stuff, when we used to travel, in, in the, the, the stories of the size of the rats in the tunnels in the subways of Boston were mm. absolutely legendary. Okay? I mean, they could eat children. <laughs> Apparently, they were that big. All right, let's get ready for our second hour. 641-1010, that is the number, uh, or excuse me, that is the best way to get us on the text line, which is brought to you by Lifetime Enclosure. Who took the money? Who took the money away? Oh, 
Let's go into the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. John Rahm, 7-under, a 65 today in Orlando at the Arnold Palmer. Uh, Chris Kirk, first off of his victory over at the Honda a week ago, where he pocketed, what, more than a million and a half. He had the early morning clubhouse lead at minus 5, a 67. Kariyama uh, tied him at minus 5. Cam Young as well at 5-under. Shoffley, Fowler, Cantley, Bradley. Scheffler and Spieth, all at minus four. What a leaderboard. Of course, they'll all be here next week. A week from Thursday, we'll be talking about the first round of the Players' Championship. We haven't heard a peep out of Tiger Woods. And we won't. So, I knew it was wishful thinking. I was hoping for it. You know, there's so much of a battle that's going on right now between both these tours and, you know, the PGA Tour announcing that they're going to have some no-cut events coming up. It, it just uh, – the entire thing smells. I mean, Jay Monahan's lucky to still have a job right now. But then again, when you're a commissioner, I, I think it's expected that your league, or in this case your tour, has a complete absolute meltdown. I mean, I watched Gary Bettman go through a strike in the National Hockey League. I watched Gary Bettman give up that platform of ESPN. I watched Bud Seeley take his homegrown Milwaukee Brewers and move them from one league to another and bring us interleague play and bring us the unbalanced schedule and watch how, obviously, uh, interest in the United States of America, certainly black America, has totally disappeared from the game. Roger Goodell is a crook. He looks like one. He's Nixon, for crying out loud. The guy is so unstable. He passes the buck on everything. Okay, even with J.C. Trotter the other day, it was, a, it was Jim Trotter from the NFL, uh, NFL.com, uh, a question that he should have been prepared for, very easy to answer. Um, again, back along the lines of, uh, of Rooney rules, why, no, why there are no head black journalists in in their building. He didn't know how to answer the question. Passes the buck on to Sean Watson. He didn't know how to answer any question. Okay? It's uh, Rob Manfred. Oh, my God. Although, I got to say, the early return on this speeding up the pitch clock in Major League Baseball is really entertaining. I just want to know, is it fool's gold? What's really going to happen once we get to the regular season? And Rob Manfred's done enough bad to where even if it is good, that's not going to overtake the bad for me. Hate the guy. And uh, Adam Silver, no one plays in the NBA. Players just sit out every single night. It's like a massive issue. No one watches the regular season game. Every commissioner right now, I would say the average grade is probably like a C-. minus. And what's amazing is outside of the SEC and Big Ten commissioner, all of these other conference commissioners are nothing more than puppets for presidents. The... Jim Phillips' initial press conference two years ago in Charlotte was one of the most disgusting displays of leadership I have ever seen. I mean, I just sat there thinking that many of our colleagues, I don't know if they were in Atlanta or if they were in Hoover, Alabama. I I think this year it's out in Nashville. But no matter where they were covering the SEC, 
where everything is gold. And then here we are in Charlotte, and you walk up Mickey Mouse, who couldn't even answer again. Who are, who are, who's part of the inner circle? Who's tell? I mean, aren't these people briefed? When, when I mean, it's you know you're going to be answered. You know you're going to be asked this particular question. What if COVID hits a team? Is the game going to be canceled? Is the game going to be suspended to an... He had no clue. It was his first impression in the Atlantic Coast Conference. It's one of the many reasons why Florida State wants out. It's one of the many reasons why Clemson wants out. Not near the primary reason, one of the many. It's been a joke conference forever. And, you know, we wonder why our country at times is so upside down. Look at the sports that we love. Look at the leadership. Look at these guys. Monahan. How did he not know? These rumors have been going on forever between the PGA Tour and, and another uh, league to ride. How did he not know? Honestly, Goodell, Silver, Bettman, uh, Manford, just a bunch of clowns. And, and they lead these entities, the, these leagues and associations and tours that we love. And you can't find even adequate. Really, I've tried to interview Jay Monahan of several. Oh, no, he's not. What do you mean you're not available to talk to me? What are you doing all day? You're a Boston guy. You can't give me 10 minutes of your life so I can ask you questions in a, in a great golf city like Jacksonville? Oh, sorry. He doesn't, have, oh, he doesn't have time. What's he trying to do? Figure out how to keep Danny Willett on the PGA Tour so he doesn't go to the live? He's just going to steal the exact plans that Liv uses. No cut events, small field, everyone makes money. Genius. Goodell, Goodell does less interviews than Joe Biden. I mean, like, Goodell does, like, two interviews, a year, maybe two press conferences a year. He's like Jack Nicholson. You, you, just, you, never, you, you never see him except for on draft day. Laker games. He's like one of our former mayor, Alvin Brown. I remember I was doing a show with McManus. We were down at one of the parks downtown. What's the one downtown that has all the homeless and shootings? What's the name of that park? I, I don't even know. I've only lived here since... What, 96? Um, James Weldon Johnson Park? No, it's the one that's got a couple of restaurants around it, whatever. Main uh, Street Park? No, it's pretty close to the Main Street Bridge. Metropolitan so, Park? No, I didn't know we had so many parks. <laughs> yeah. River, Riverfront Park? No, no, no. South Bank Park? No. Jesse Ball DuPont that's Park? That's not it. Friendship Park? Nope. Landon Park? Nope. Memorial Park? Nope. Verona Park. No. Stockton. It's not Stockton North Park. North Bank. Riverwalk. Not, not the North Bank. Ballast Park. Nope, it's not it. Brackridge. Mm-mm. Riverside. Mm-mm. Uh, Botanical Gardens. Uh, Dames Point Park. Nope. Mom's Park. Hemming. Hemming Park. Hemming Park. Jesus. Hemming Park. <laughs> All right. Uh, of course. So we got this big announcement. We out the mayor, Alvin Brown's going to stop by. McManus and I. Hemming Plaza. We just got about Hemming a Plaza thousand Park. Texts. Okay. 
um, yeah, uh, I can't. I can't wait to visit again. Um, so he, I haven't been there since this failed interview with with the mayor Alvin Brown. So we we bring him on, uh, but here's where it gets better. Right? As we're bringing him on, he's got like five handlers, and this very kind lady walks up to me and says, "You can't ask the mayor about the Jaguars." I mean, this is like circa. 2008, 2009, I don't know. So what would the question have been like about like well, a new stadium or London or whatever like it was at the whatever. T- whatever it was at the time. Uh-huh. Okay. We're getting ready to bring him on. I think like actually like McManus is talking on air. And I'm like extending the hand, you know, handshake. Like as he's sitting down with you guys. Right, right. As he's like putting the headset on. And the hand was like, you're not allowed to ask what the I'm like, well, what in the hell do you think I'm going to ask him about? You think I'm going to ask him about the homeless people here in Jacksonville? You think I'm going to ask him why the, the Main Street Bridge opens at 1130 or quarter or 12 every Sunday before a Jags home game because you have one little tiny sailboat going down the St. John? I mean, what do you expect me to ask him about? So, of course, I played it off. I got it in here. And that caused a whole bunch of whatever. I still think he got mad at me because when I met him in London, we were at some black tie event with Shad Khan, and and I honestly thought he was a get back coach. It's a true story. <laughs> I was with Logman and a few others, and they're like, oh, you know, he's like big important, and he's like, yeah. I'm like, well, you know, aren't you like the you know assistant to assistant offensive line coach? He's like, hey kid, I'm the male. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh okay. damn. Uh, in that case. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the way, these rude racist texters saying Hemming Plaza, of course it's no longer called that oh. um, because George Floyd, after that, we changed it to James Weldon Johnson uh, oh. Park Okay. because, of course, I'm sure Hemmings is some sort of racist. I have never visited the Weldon Johnson. No. You, well, you have. Now, is that Casey Wilden Brad Johnson uh, after the, <laughs> the great Super Bowl? The, uh, the 1990 <laughs> loss at the U, which I was at. I remember Florida State got a late touchdown from Edgar Bennett to make it respectable, but I want to say it was like a 26-18 game or 28-16 game. That was the game that Brad Johnson actually officially lost his starting job. To Casey Weldon. You remember it like it was yesterday. I do. And now it's the Weldon Johnson <laughs> one. <laughs> so they have all these people now trying to be careful and this and that. Hey, I, I had no idea. I, I said flat out. I had no clue as to <laughs> what the name of the actual plaza was. I, I hope someday I want to go downtown. Seriously. Yeah. Bring, make, I mean, give the, me a reason to go. The only time I go downtown is to cover the Jaguar games or for me to, to go to a concert. Give me a reason to go downtown. Honestly. G- give me a reason. And let me know when that Main Street Bridge is going up. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, some reports are now coming in out of Indianapolis that Shaq Griffin is going to be released by the Jaguars. I think this is someone just trying to get ahead of the story. It hasn't already happened. 
it now says he's expected to uh, to be released. But it popped up on my Bleacher Report. You have things pop up on your phone. Like a notification? Right. I, I turned them all off successfully except for ESPN. I still – ESPN loves jamming a good WNBA update uh, down my throat. I need to sit down with a um, someone in the technical field that can help me get rid of uh, these pop-ups because I don't even know who this guy – Jordan Schiltz is his name. Sounds he, reputable. Says he's an NFL insider. Uh, hell, I'm an NFL insider. Um, this guy's somewhere in New York, and he, he, again, his report—it came out like like it, it had just happened. But now that I read it, it says he's expected, expected. to be uh, released. Now, Jeremy Fowler saying the same thing. ESPN. If you don't remember who Jeremy Fowler is, he once covered the Gators, and he was screamed up and down, head to toe, by Urban Meyer. Th- this is no oh doubt. Oh my God, I heard, that was so long. Ago. So oh, he yeah. was like a student reporter there then. I don't know if he was a student reporter or if he was like a newspaper beat guy. Or super fresh. I know that. He was super young. God, that was cringe. That really was. I mean, there's been some great meltdowns. And, and I, I don't have an issue with a player or a coach uh, responding and defending. But the reason why Jeremy Fowler is at ESPN now is because Jeremy Fowler did a good job and he asked some difficult questions. You're not going to go from point A to point B, uh, point A to point B without doing your job and doing your job well. And sometimes tough questions, in fact, do have to be asked. So Jacksonville right now is about $16 million under the cap. Uh, there have been reports today that have not been confirmed that a franchise tag is going on Evan Ingram. That's going to cost Jacksonville $11,345,000. They have until Tuesday to officially put that tag on them. Again, no release as of yet from the Jaguars. If, in fact, he is reinstated once the season officially begins on March 15th, then Calvin Ridley is going to cost $11 million against the cap. That that may not come in. Knowing the NFL, knowing everything we just talked about, as far as leadership, I'm sure they have just all sorts of things that they have to look at, right? It's been exhaustive, right? And, and, you know, how could anyone just simply get the dossier or get the information or grab the syllabus that I'm sure Calvin Ridley had to write in order to ask for his reinstatement for having the audacity to put, what, not even a band on a game? What do you spend, like 1250 bucks? I think was what, what he ended up wagering on. I mean, how, how much more investigative work is that going to take to, 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 to let the man, you know, respond? Let the man begin his life over again. He, he's, he's paid the penance. But, oh, no, the NFL will be very thorough with this. We're going to go back and find out where Calvin Wrigley went to junior high school and high school. We're going to talk to all his teachers. We're going to talk to his counselor. We're going to go to Bama. We're going to go to Atlanta. We're going to do our due diligence. So sooner or later we'll find out about that. But anyway, that's $11 million. It's going to cost you 9 to $10 million to sign these draft picks, which is uh, uh, about 56 days away is the NFL draft. But you're going to recoup $13.1 million with the Shaq release. And that is expected. This is what's sad about the game. And I'm not going to sit here and try to tell you 
I'm really close and really tight with Shaq Griffin. I'm not. The year he got in Jacksonville was still a COVID year, right? So we didn't have access to the locker room. We weren't able to go in there, whether you want, went in once a week or four times a week. So I didn't know him all that well. But when he did grab the podium and and do things along those lines, he was a very likable guy, very charismatic, uh, a good leader. He just wasn't a good football player, and he was injured, and he was tremendously overpaid. I actually, you ready for this one? I believe he was an urban guy. Out of all the guys they brought in, Urban really gushed over him and really gushed over Rayshon Jenkins as if there were huge leadership qualities that came with those two football players. When it was all said and done, uh, Griffin started 14 games in year one. And then last year, because of the back injury, he only played in five games. So here's a guy who signed a three-year, $40 million deal. He gave the Jacksonville Jaguars... 19 games for 40 million. It won't be officially 40 million because, you know, year 3 of this contract is uh is going to come into play. Jacksonville is going to be able to save 13.1 million. They're going to have to eat 4 million in dead cap money. For those of you who do not know what dead cap money is, Jacksonville dealt with more than 30 million dollars of dead cap money. During the 2022 season, this year right now, their latest figures is $1,411,000. They're paying out LaVisca Chenault, 790K, Jay Tufele, 412K, and Gregory Jr., $130,000. So you can add $4 million to that dead money list for Shaq Griffin. What that means is when you add up your entire roster, now, this doesn't apply to the 90-man roster. And, and right now, it's not a 90-man roster. It won't become a 90-man roster until after the NFL draft and after you add your rookie street free agents, okay? You have a rookie camp where maybe some guys off the street can make it. Obviously, you're going to have your, what, eight draft picks, and then you're going to bring in unrestricted or, excuse me, undrafted uh, free agents and give them an opportunity to make the team you know, we saw that with a, a lot of different guys last year. Most notably, let's say Kevin Austin Jr., the, the wide receiver out of Notre Dame, uh, is one that certainly comes to mind. But once you get into the regular season, your your 90-man roster, once it's reduced to 53, it counts uh, as well to guys who are on your pup list, your injured reserve list, your practice squad list, and your dead cap money list, all of those players, all of the finances combined have to be under $224.8 million. So Jacksonville will continue to maneuver here a little bit, but as expected, uh, that move has now come in uh, with Shaq Griffin. Uh, Baloo, this is an interesting one. 0361, if Jalen Carter drops, do you pick him at 24? Absolutely. Absolutely you do. Yes. Uh, Here's a guy who played with Trayvon Walker. Um, Here's a guy that I believe feels really bad about what he did. Listen, lives were lost. And this is no joking, man. 
But this young man made a mistake. And I know that when I was 21, hell, when I was 51, I made mistakes and still make mistakes. I, I, I get so bothered by, by people who act as if they're so perfect. And I think jealousy comes into play. I think disdain comes into play that people just don't like to see others have success. What he did was wrong. He never should have left the scene. But kids make mistakes. And I'm sure that he was absolutely scared out of his mind. Um, he probably won't drop that far. I, uh, I don't think he will. But I don't think he drops out of the top ten. Uh, not... I saw, I read an article today from uh, one of these sports reporter lawyer guys, and there was a 22-year-old man in the state of Georgia that basically did the exact same thing as him and got charged with capital murder. Even though he didn't, he wasn't involved in the crash, he was just driving with him. He was racing the other guy, and the other guy died. So, like, I'm not expecting these charges to be upgraded, but I also wouldn't be surprised if something really bad happens to this kid. Like, I don't think this is over. I don't know. I don't know anything. Yeah, I don't know Jalen Carter. I've never spoken to him. I, I just, I feel awful about what happened. But if it's just these misdemeanors, I mean, he's not dropping 24 spots. Here's what I think is going to happen. I just... I don't want to say anything that is um, improper because lives were lost. But here's my guess. There's going to be a massive investigation at Georgia. A massive one. An internal investigation. And let me tell you something. You know it as a fan of the U. I know it as a fan of Florida State. Our Gator fans listening know it as well. When you... Dig deep enough, you are going to find. And, you know, with the nil now in and or the NIL now in and you're, you're able to pay players now in, it, I don't know, you know, the statute of limitations and looking back, and I'm not even talking about illegally paying players. I'm, I'm talking about relationships with players and other individuals. Uh, George has always been known. For that, I remember getting knee deep into it with Georgia during the whole when I was in Tallahassee, and when I found out that Corey Simon was going from Georgia to Florida State, and that Corey Simon was going to room with Randy Moss. That this was this was unbelievable when it happened because it was only a couple of newspapers. It wasn't like newsworthy. I, the way I found out was um, I don't even want to say, even, even though it happened so long ago. It, it um, Yeah, we're talking 30 years. Right. Actually, it wasn't Corey Simon and Randy Moss. I'm trying to remember who it was with Corey Simon. I think those years are a little bit different. If I remember, Moss came in in 96, 95 or 96, with Vernius Coles and Peter Wark. I want to say Corey It may have been. I mean, listen, we're going back 30 years. You know, sometimes I, I've forgotten a little bit. But – and – you know, that his whole relationship with a with a girl there and and some things that some improprieties that, 95. That, that did take place. Okay. I mean, I was wet behind the ears and I ruffled some major feathers. And looking back on it now, I loved it because they were just pissed that I got the story. Mm-hmm. Um that's what I think is gonna happen. 
I, I think you're going to see a deep dive on the program. And by the way, not to spin this away from Jalen Carter, where the hell's Kirby Smart been during all this? Kirby Smart on an island somewhere? They had like a canned lawyerly statement yesterday that said like, hey, we're we've we've answered everything. We're we're still dealing with or we're still talking with the cops and being as, you know, upfront as we can be about everything. You know, a canned answer, canned statement from a, some lawyer in the UGA office. It's interesting how certain stories can get buried. Remember the whole Brian Kelly story when they shouldn't have had that practice at Notre Dame and he allowed the videographer to go out there and he was. He was texting people or friends saying, I'm worried about, like, I'm scared for my life up here. That was a story I had a very difficult time dealing with. And one way or another, perhaps I was told to jam it. Um, Big money, big money. Involved in something. I mean, it's, a, it's, it's, uh, you know, we, we, we've talked somehow for one reason or another, we found ourselves tonight talking about men of power who lie and men of power who pass the buck and money can buy so much and including money can buy your silence. So we'll see what happens here. I, I have no issue with Georgia. I want to see Georgia continuously beat the living snot out of Florida. Okay? I love it. Amen. Okay? I mean, I love it. I've been a huge Georgia fan the last five or six years. But I'm a little bit scared about what they're going to find. They're lucky the NCAA isn't allowed to, like, put people on probation. You know, probation doesn't even exist anymore. You know, I feel like if this was back in our day, as they say, Georgia might actually be getting in trouble, but... I don't foresee that happening. I foresee Kirby having a come-to-Jesus moment with his team. We got to clean things up, but nothing bigger than that. Let's take our final break of the night. Guess who's coming up? He's our good buddy, Rafael Esparza Bones, as a big fight coming up on Saturday night. First time in a couple of years. Let's get the early feel for this year's Players' Championship as far as wagering. Okay, you're going to waste all your money on a big gun, going to play a 7-to-1, 8-to-1 odd for John Rahm or something like that, or are you going to look for, is it Sonny Woo Kim? Siwoo Kim. Siwoo Kim. Sonny Woo Kim warming up in the Red Sox bullpen. <laughs> Siwoo Kim with a two-stroke lead I heading to 18. I think you might have mixed him up with Sung J.M. Yep, Sung J.M. Countryman. No doubt about it. So we'll get the early look on... This year's Players' Championship. Let's go out live to Las Vegas. Bring in our good buddy, Rafael Esparza. Now, yeah. another interview on the Farrah and Farrah phone line. Brought to you by the accident attorneys at Farrah and Farrah. Vegas, baby! Vegas! Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Uh, his name is spelt Alex Murdaugh, although he goes by Alec. And apparently they're they're pretty close. We'll see. I mean, he's so guilty, so he'll probably get off, right? Circumstantial evidence. They don't have forensics. Uh, that is, I've seen both specials. You've seen the one on Netflix and on HBO Max. I think they were both three-part series. You talk about uh, power of the rich. 
and now you can run a small little town. It's it's nauseating if uh, if you've seen either one of those two reports. So let's go to Vegas. Forget about Rafael He was just found guilty. He was? Yes. Of, guilty of, in the murders of his wife and son. Because he was going to go to jail for like 30, 35 years anyway for, you know, stealing millions of dollars from his clients and all of that. So he looks inbred. Yeah, he's he's. They're gonna have a field day with him in yeah, prison. They're gonna pass look, him around for smokes. He does, definitely doesn't look built for a hard time. What a scumbag he is! I mean, seriously, he lived the privileged life and everything that went along with it. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, you need to check it out. Uh, but let's go to Vegas. Let's bring in our buddy Rafael Esparza, mybookie, mybookie.com. Did you have any any odds on this with with uh? With Murdoch? Of course we do. What's my name? I'm a pop guy. Alex Murdoch was minus 2,000 to be found guilty of murdering his wife and son. And uh, He was minus 2,000. All right. Wow. Minus, after, after I watched both specials, you said it on HBO and Netflix, after I watched both of them, I thought it was going to be like minus 500, but after I watched both of them, I bumped it up. I mean, he was he, You said it. He just looks guilty. And he's gonna be—he's not gonna enjoy prison. He's gonna be grabbing his ankles. I was getting O.J. Simpson's report on it because he's covering this trial, and I almost got on speed dial to have you make a wager for me, but it appears now I'm too late. Too late. Should have had that had it up. Uh, what three weeks ago I posted that up? Yeah, it's um, it's a shame. It really is. Uh, some innocent lives lost, uh, particularly the 19-year-old girl. But you know what? 16, 17-year-old boy, the, the housekeeper yep. that was there, you know, for 20-plus right. years. Uh, just the tragedy. I, I, think the, um, I think the documentary's been pretty good, but as always, whoever writes the book, that, that'll probably be much more thorough, and we'll, we'll get some good stuff on that, I, I would think, coming up here in the pretty near future. All right, man, how's it going? How you been? Good. I'm, I'm glad you're back from uh, golfing from my former neck of the woods up in CR. So uh, hopefully you have a nice tan, uh, but uh, hopefully you shot well. Now, where you, where's your casino? Is it in San Jose? or uh... Uh, It's in San Jose. It's not a casino. It's just an office. Uh, most uh, most okay. of the sports books out there just have office space. It's funny. We're all like a whole bunch of casinos are all pretty much all in the same block. And then when we all go out drinking, it's one heck of a ride of uh, everyone, <laughs> everyone just talking to the shop. But, uh, yeah, it's in San Jose, uh, right by the soccer field. Okay. Yeah, I was about 20 minutes outside of there at the Westin. Um, oh, okay. Yep, that's where I stayed. It was beautiful. It was absolutely fantastic. I, I had a tremendous time. All right, hey, Bones is back, right? Coming up right there in Las Vegas, Saturday night, UFC 285. What's the latest there as far as the money? He opened up 160. It's about 175 right now. I don't think Bones goes to $2. I'm going to be rooting against him because I'm not the biggest fan of him at all. But I do see him winning this one. Uh, but uh, we're going to be uh, big Gon fans. I can tell you this because uh, the public is going to be all over John Jones. So, again, I don't think it goes too high past the $2. But everyone keeps on saying this UFC 285 card is stack, stack, stack. Seven fighters are minus $3 or higher in this card. So uh, we're going to be rooting for dogs, 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 dogs in this one because there's a lot of chalk, chalk, chalk on UFC 285. Now, has he fought since Francis uh, Ngannou? No. And, and wasn't that fight, for the most part, wasn't it like a wrestling match? He's never fought to uh, Ngannou. He hasn't fought to I can't remember. I mean, that's why I don't, I don't agree with him being called the GOAT 
No, 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 I'm talking about the other guy. I'm talking about the oh, other guy. Oh, Gon, yeah, Gon, yeah, Gon hasn't fought since uh, Francis. And he's coming yeah. off a broken hand. So mm-hmm. uh, uh, I think it was nine months ago that he, he had the surgery. I mean, so uh, uh, it's going to be very interesting. That's why I think Jones wins this one. But uh, any other fighter, that, any of the other heavyweights that I think Jones fights going to have a lot tougher time. I don't think he has a tough time with Gon. How about the props coming up this weekend uh, in Indianapolis for the NFL draft, particularly with, with skill position guys? Uh, how's the money been there? Uh, it's been good with the combine. I, I, I had to shoot myself in the face because I had to put odds on that. So uh, it, it, was, it was a very, very low day of my life when I had to do NFL combine odds. But I, I enjoyed the draft ones because it's a little bit more – a little more research and stuff like that, but the NFL Combine uh, is, is kind of a way I like to enjoy. I mean, not to go back on UFC, but have uh, a couple ones that, that that you're gonna get in your email. Who's gonna bleed first, Gon or John Jones? Gon minus two twenty. And will John Jones fail a post drug post fight drug test? Uh, no. Yes or no on that one. So yes is uh, five to one right now. We did open it up at six, and everyone bet the. Uh, uh, the yes right away, so we had to move it down to five to one. I thought you were going back to Alec Murdoch when you talk about shooting yourself in the face. I mean, I guess it was Crazy Cousin Eddie or or something like that. But if we didn't know the answer to that question uh, officially <laughs> right now, uh, Rafael Esparza live from Vegas, of course, coming up here next week will be the Players Championship, and you know they're playing right now in Bay Hill. Um, how do I understand the Masters, but how do things work here for the players where it's considered by a lot of people the fifth major or perhaps the biggest golf event that's not one of the four majors? Any money at all yet on next week, or is everything now simply on what's going on at the Arnold Palmer? I think right now, I mean, of course you have probably the four top ticket ticket written, John Rahm, McIlroy, Scheffler, and Justin Thomas. But, of course, any time the big boat of Tiger Woods going to run, everything's going to be talked around Tiger, which drives me crazy. How come no one's talking about John Rahm? I mean, if he, let's say if he wins or goes in the top five, top ten again, he's just been playing some outstanding golf. He's 7-1 right now to win the players, but – I think any of those four golfers I mentioned, if they win, will probably not take a big hit, but uh, we'll be rooting. And there's a couple of good, uh, good golfers. Cameron Young, you can get him almost 36 to, uh, to one. Uh, Justin, Jason Day, 45 to one. Some of the good golfers that have really, really, really good odds. I wouldn't shock me if they come up. But we, uh, more, more action on the players each year gets bet on it. Now, we haven't heard officially on Tiger. You hear anything out there? No, I have not, but you, it's the biggest deal. I've been there during the weekend, players, and when his boat pulls up, you think uh, God's walking out of the boat <laughs> to, to play 18. So uh, I have not heard if the boat is coming up in, in Jacksonville. Man, we want him here. It'd be a lot of fun to see Tiger try to give it one more shot here at the age He's of He's not going to get 47. a shot. Yeah, but just to have him make the cut, have him stick around. You know, I mean, guys like you, you're in one of those beautiful chalets on Saturday and Sunday, and you're, you're sipping wine with your pinky up. Don't you want to have Tiger Woods walk by you in a red shirt? No, it's March Madness. I'll be dealing with <laughs> conference, conference championship Sunday during uh, on that one, so no. All right, hey, uh, tell us what's not going on. How does that sound? Hey, uh, by the way, what's the early – feeling on the quick pitch count in Major League Baseball? I've talked to a lot of uh, scouts because I, I talk with a lot of scouts and stuff like that. The, the players are telling them that they love it. They, they love the speed of the game. Uh, the, the batters are not thinking as much. Okay, I got to get in the box and get ready to go. So they're not thinking about, okay, is it going to be a curveball slider? They're just there. 
Uh, so I, I heard the speed of the game and the bases. I'm hearing no difference whatsoever. They could care less if it's smaller or bigger. The bases are not causing anything, but the speed of the game, batters like it, and we've heard Max Scherzer loves it. So I think it's a good thing. Bertuzzi in Boston? Are you kidding me? All right, tell us. Uh, I, I thought of you. I thought of you, and I and it was sad to see Patrick Kane, uh, my uh, fellow Blackhawks, go to the Rangers. Yeah. It's happening. A couple days left. Teams making moves uh, in the National Hockey League uh, before the trade deadline. All right. It's happening. Really. Every sport that you can think of. Tell us what's going on at MyBookie and MyBookie.org. I know. Baseball's already here and a sport hasn't end yet. So, but yeah, 280 UFC 285ers this weekend. College basketball conference tournaments have started already. So that's full fling. NHL. Can the Boston Bruins maybe break something? They do. Are the Seattle Mariners? Can it be the Seattle Mariners of hockey? Who knows, but it's a fun time to sign up right now at MyBookie. Sign up, win today. Great, great, great weekend. And don't forget the XFL, week three. Yeah, no doubt about it. Raphael, always a pleasure, sir. Thank you. We'll do it again next week. Take it easy. A fantastic weekend. There he goes. Full slate tonight in the NHL. Tampa up one nothing after 20 minutes. Taking on Pittsburgh, but Ottawa and New York tonight against the Rangers. Kane didn't go in game one. We'll see if he goes tonight. Let me check. Let me see if he's got any ice time. Let's see. we got a couple of seconds left in the show. He is playing. Okay. So, game one in Gotham uh, for the former Blackhawk. Uh, Sabres in Boston. No score through one. The Kraken in Detroit. My goodness. Five goals in the first period. That almost never happens in the NHL. The flying Jessica Blaylock Panthers. Predators up 2 nothing right now in Miami. And several games tonight. I mean, this is great. I'm going to go home, watch the combine. I'm going to go home. And certainly watch some Thursday night National Hockey League. You get to go home and say hello to your fiance. She'll be there. <laughs> she always is. Folks, I don't check the text line now that the show is over. If you'd like to get a hold of me, please do so on Twitter. That is Baloo, B-A-L-L-O-U, 1010XL. Hackers up next. Thank you to John Osher. Thank you to Rafael Esparza. For JJ, I'm Rick Ballou. We will do it again tomorrow at 6 o'clock on your home of the Jacksonville Jaguars.